Hi, hi from the Gambia. Hello, friends. We are back in West Africa in the beautiful Gambia. Gambia is one of those places that like seven, eight years ago, all my friends around me all of a sudden started going to Gambia to visit for weddings. So I've heard it's a really nice tourist destination. Hmm, interesting. And after the, the after virus is gone. We're not going, well, guys, just so you know, we're here. I was just thinking about it. I wasn't going anywhere. I mean, a girls could dream. Yeah, yeah. Well, moving on, we'll kick off things with our proverb of the day. We actually found two proverbs and this time we loved them both. The first one says, before healing others, heal yourself. And depending how you say it, it can come off as shady or self-love. So, for example, you can say, before healing others, heal yourself. That's like, don't throw stones and take out the exactly. glass. Exactly. Yeah. Or you can go, before healing others, heal yourself. So that's more like a sage telling you about self-love. Yeah, and take care of yourself before you can take care of others. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, again, it can be said both ways. Uh, we're not sure which one they're referring to, but either way it works. Yeah. Either way it works, you can either have tough love or, you know, not as tough love. I don't know. Kind yeah, love, I guess. Work your way out of that one. Eh? <laughs> I'll work my way out somehow, you guys. <laughs> and so the second one goes, if a donkey kicks you and you kick back, you are both donkeys. <laughs> I mean, African proverbs are actually full of life and wisdom. So just imagine, and this is how I imagined it when I read this proverb the first time, is like two donkeys facing each other and just kicking like, you started it. No, you started it. <laughs> I suppose it's one way of saying just turn the other cheek. Yeah, depending on the situation. Like, And also, I interpreted it as why would you kick a silly situation kind of thing. So if oh. something... Kids. So you're not as cartoonish as I am? No, no clearly not. It's mm. like, don't go down to that level and kick the donkey too. Oh, it's like, when they go low, we go high. Yeah, that kind of thing. Ooh, that's, okay. how, that's how I interpreted it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, let's go on and talk about the Gambia. Part of Gambia lies along the Atlantic Ocean. And here again, we meet another country where seafood is a plenty. Because of this, our feature dish is a thick soup that is full of seafood drum roll we are bringing you ebe the gambia's official name is republic of the gambia it is surrounded by senegal along all its borders except for the western border along the atlantic ocean in the mid 18th century it became part of the british empire until independence in 1965 the gambia is the smallest country in africa according to the 2013 census the population is 1.87 million the capital city is Bangjul. In Gambian cuisine, you will find rice, mm -hmm. cassava, peanuts, a wide variety of tropical fruits and vegetables. Just like in Senegal, part of the Gambia is home to the Wolof people. And among other things, the Wolof people are credited with inventing that famous one-pot rice dish that many African countries call jollof rice. Honestly speaking, every country makes their jollof rice a little bit differently. In Gambia, it is called benachin. And it is made with vegetables and fish or meat. Mm -hmm. You also have olele, which is a steamed bean pudding. So you blend beans with some tomatoes, or actually not tomatoes, with some peppers and onions. And you steam it. Um, other countries might know it as moi moi. And they also have akara. They actually call it akara as well, which is kind of similar to moi moi, except that it is fried instead of steamed, I think. I've never made akara before. No, you're the Akara champion. You tell I me. Do, um, in fact, you know me. I say I like beans. Okay, oh. if, yeah, me. When if there's one thing that I 
can say that I give off to you. I mean, like if we, if we walked into a kitchen together and they said, make a car, I would just take a step back and be like, yeah, me take it away. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I, I know I say I don't like to cook. When I cook something I like, you can tell. Like it actually comes true. You okay, let's calm down. We okay. just talked about you making a car. Okay, fine. Okay, it's okay. I'll, I'll take I'll take the I'll take the I'll take the win there and just move on. <laughs> Anyhow, there's domoda. Domoda is a peanut sauce which is served with rice. I feel like we've talked about peanut sauce in almost every country when it comes to um, West and Central Africa. And the funny thing is, I'd never heard of peanut sauce until I met a Ghanaian person. I was 19 years old, so even huh. in Nigeria, I didn't know there was such a thing. But everybody eats a version of peanut sauce. It seems. Mm. I guess I still really haven't had much of peanut sauce except the one we've tried here and I'm not eating any of that outside the podcast. I've actually Sorry, not guys. made a lot of it because of you, just so you know. Thank you. God bless you. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Some other popular dishes in Gambia are tapalapa, a baguette made with a mixture of wheat, millet, cowpea and corn flour. There's also tiakri, which is a sweet couscous and yogurt dish. We actually talked about something similar in Gabon, except that the name of the dish was slightly different. It's called chakri. Other interesting dishes are yohos and supakanja. Yohos is mussels cooked in tomato sauce with bell peppers, onions, and potatoes, while supakanja is an okra soup made with beef and sometimes made with crabs and prawns. Yeah, I'm very excited. I want to really try this yohos because I love mussels. And you don't like mussels? You're so exhausting. <laughs> oh my god oh, i thought you said you it wasn't you, fish you can't change co-hosts now you know no you said you don't like fish you could eat I everything know. else well i have a story about mussels and i don't want to okay, go into no, it before it makes on. it drony but i've tried mussels let's just say i tried mussels i think i had it at my friend's engagement and that actually tasted not too bad i actually didn't mind it at all but mm-hmm. that was steamed yeah if you steam it with some white wine it's really nice mm-hmm. okay so Moving on to our dish of the day, it's called ebe, spelled E-B-B-E-H. It is a seafood and cassava soup that typically has some fish, crabs, cockles, and prawns in it. It can also be made with sweet potatoes and yam, but in our case, we used cassava. So the soup itself is thick and hearty, and it comes out almost reddish-yellow in color, similar to the color of tamarind, and it is filled with chunks of cassava, which... As you can imagine, if you haven't seen cassava before, when boiled, kind of looks like Irish potatoes. We also have it as the episode cover. So I really like how it smelled, and we'll get some of that later. But the mix of spices with the crab we used and everything was so attractive. The spices seemed to overwhelm the seafood smell. And when you look at this meal, it just screams, get in my belly. Interesting. Um, just something you said. You said it kind of looks like tamarind. You meant mm. yellow tamarind. Yes, yellow okay. tamarind. And it's interesting that you talk about tamarind because there's tamarind in this dish. Ooh, yeah. let's get into it. Okay. So to make a bear, you need cassava. You need palm oil. We already mentioned that you need fish, but we didn't use fish um, because one yummy doesn't eat fish at all. And I don't like fish in soup. I'm actually very particular <sighs> about where I eat my fish. Thank you, Lord. We also had onions, lime, tamarind. But this is the black tamarind, not the yellow one. I think the yellow one is a little sweet, if I recall. I've had yellow tamarind in Nigeria. We called it likiliki. Oh, yeah. No, is it sweet or tart? It's So that's the thing. The one I had is a velvety yellow one. And that mm-hmm. one is a bit sweet. I guess they're different types of tamarind. Yeah, they're different. It seems to me that they're different types. But mm-hmm. this is the tart kind, the black one. It actually, it's actually black mm-hmm. and tart. Okay. So there's tamarind. We used, um, why have I lost the word? A hot pepper. 
Scotch bonnet. Goodness. Atarodo. Atarodo, yes. <laughs> Scotch bonnet pepper. Scotch guys, bonnet pepper. In Yoruba, they call it atarodo. And some bouillon cubes, some tamarind, like we said, and a variety of seafood. So for seafood, I used, um, I didn't have cockles. I didn't know what cockles were before <laughs> this, but when I, 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 I didn't either. So no, when I looked it up, it looks like the closest we can come to cockles is clams. Mm. So I used clams, shrimp, and crab. Mm. There are two ways you can do this. Mm. You can boil your cassava separately. And I think I've seen people add cassava into the sauce. Mm-hmm. But the thing with cassava, and we've talked about this before, is cassava can be poisonous if it's eaten raw, right? I will. Oh, you didn't know that. I've said it no. before. I know potatoes can be. Like if you. Oh, no, sorry. No, yeah, cassava and cassava leaves, I think. Lord have mercy. You did not know. Don't eat raw cassava. Yeah, don't, all those people that like to take you to places to eat raw food, make sure one of them is not cassava. <laughs> I just get myself poisoned. <laughs> so I'm always a little bit paranoid when it comes to cassava. When I buy it raw, I make sure it's thoroughly cooked. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, I haven't tried to kill you yet. And even when I fry it, I boil it, then fry it. Guys, you said yet. Damn. <laughs> like- anyway. <laughs> so I made it by boiling the cassava until it was a little bit soft, but not too soft. Okay, so you know, since we don't want to poison our listeners, you know cassava is done when it, what, you can put a fork through it? Because I know that's how you do yeah, the potatoes. Yeah, almost okay. like yeah, potatoes, yam, sweet potato, the same concept. Okay. Yeah. And also, we're going to keep cooking it, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then used a potato masher or masher to mash it a little bit, but not too much. Mm-hmm. It seems at this point, it depends on what you prefer. If you want something that's really thick, you mash it up completely. And I actually saw a recipe that said, make it into a paste. I know, so it was like a really thick soup. But I I watched another video where this lady said, well, the proper way to make it is it shouldn't be too mashed up Mm because you want to be able to eat the chunks of cassava as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I prefer that method as well. Yeah. So I mashed it up just a little bit and then you add in your palm oil and all the other ingredients. Um, For something like the shrimp and the cockles, that will come much later. Now, I deviated a little bit from the recipe in that... Mm. I wanted to flavor my crabs a little bit. Okay. So what I did was I blended some onions and the pepper together and I steamed the crab for about five minutes. Mm. Yeah. So I I also added a bouillon cube and some salt. Actually, I didn't add salt, just a bouillon cube. And once that was done, there was a little bit of water from that, right? So I added that into the water and then added the palm oil, added the tamarind and the lime. Now with the tamarind, I said it's a bit tart. Mm-hmm. And a little zingy. Yeah. So when I first put it in, combined with the palm, I was a little bit nervous. I mm-hmm. thought it was going to be really, really sour. But as it cooked, it got better. And the thing is, I used, I didn't use fresh tamarind. It already came pre-packaged. And so you kind of have to put it in with a little bit of water to break it up a little bit. Because it's like a very, very thick, hardened paste in a way. Okay. Um. So when you mix it in with a little bit of water, break it up a, a little bit and then pour it into the sauce. Okay. You wait for about... 15 minutes or so and allow mm-hmm. it to cook a bit allow the flavors to melt together and then I started putting my seafood and the thing with seafood of course is that it cooks really quickly and you don't want it to become dry and rubbery Yeah. and honestly crab can be cooked usually in less than 15 mm-hmm. so since I would already steamed it for about 5 minutes or so towards the end of the cooking process I put in the shrimp the cockles and the um, crab okay. and that's pretty much it mm-hmm. um, depending on your consistency you might end up with something that's a little bit thick the thing is, ebek um, thickens as it starts to cool mm-hmm. because the cassava is slowly disintegrating into the sauce, right? And that's mm-hmm. what that's what is acting as a thickener. And in fact, like when we looked it up, and even when I looked it up as well, it's 
one of the things that it looks like is meant to be eaten by itself. Yes. So it's not necessarily meant to be eaten with something else. Now, some of us edit with something else as well, just because, you know, we're rebels, whatever. <laughs> but, you know, it's relatively thick enough that you should generally eat it by itself. Now, given that some people want it smashed completely and some people recommend that you eat it in chunks, I can kind of see how in some cases you can eat it with a side and in some cases maybe not. Well, the recipe I saw that asked for it to be completely like pounded and then put back in didn't say you should eat it with anything so i think then it will be closer to almost like a porridge yeah but it'll be you're almost eating a very thick solid soup which in itself is very filling yeah but i remember i'm seeing yemi has this look of slight i don't want to use the r word as in revulsion but i don't can see she's not pleased no not revulsion but like the concept of it being very thick because i remember you said you like to chew things yes i do that's why that's that's kind of why when you said it's oh it should be mashed completely i was like "Mm, no no." but yeah i just saw this other um video that said no your ebe is going to be thick anyway but you should still have chunks of cassava in it and quite Mm. frankly cassava is high in carbs so i don't know why you're pairing it with something else and then you just fall asleep i actually fell asleep after eating it it was like carb heavy (laughs) okay so personally i'm a fan of soups as you well know and it was creamy in consistency and it had this really warm almost like a comfort food and so given that we're in cold weather right now i was really really happy with it um it is definitely as i said comforting food and even before we started on this journey, I didn't think I would like cooked cassava in food as much as I do now. The flavor is very rich and it comes through. One thing that stood out to me, though, was the aftertaste of palm oil. And as you described the way you cook it, I can understand where that taste came from. Mm. Because when at least I make stuff with palm oil, like I and again, I'm not telling, you know, Gambians how to do your food. I'm just talking about my process. So with palm oil it can have some kind of strong aftertaste where it feels like you know when you eat meat with fat and yeah. you have that fat that you tasted that mm-hmm. are you sure it wasn't the mix with the tamarind Mm-mm, no okay. it wasn't Mm-mm. because usually i'm sensitive to that part of the reason i don't like yam porridge Mm-mm. like I, I that was one of the things that kind of at least in this meal stood out to me depends on how you if you cook down the as they say cook down the palm oil mm-hmm. more in some places so if for example you add the palm oil at a point where and it doesn't cook down down like mm-hmm. i don't know how to explain it well i do know how to explain it so for example it's like you cooking away the sourness of tomatoes exactly yeah right so i think that stood out that is not a big deal mm-hmm. as far as i'm concerned again depend on how you cook it and some people actually like that taste mm-hmm. so it really isn't a big deal i liked it it was kind of sweet it had the the seafood portion of it because usually i don't necessarily like the smell of seafood when i walk into a room or something like that but the flavors from everything else that was in the meal kind of overwhelmed in my opinion the seafood smell so i was able to get over that really really quickly and when i even when i was eating it 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 wasn't extremely spicy how we would refer to as peppery so it wasn't very peppery or anything it was just like a very filling hearty meal that you would have at the end or a dish that you would have at the end of like a really cold day and it was very filling as i said i fell right asleep it's mm-hmm. funny oh yeah and i had mine with rice which will also explain why, why I you fell asleep, asleep yeah <laughs> um for me i really liked it now in terms of what you said about the palm oil taste mm-hmm. i did see something that said 
it comes down to how much palm oil you like. Mm, okay, that so might be an, it as well. Another option might be to use a little less palm oil mm-hmm. or to maybe cook it down, cook the whole thing down longer before you add your seafood. Yeah. Now, for me, the entire cooking process took about an hour and that included cooking the crabs, um, cooking the... I think I said 20 minutes. I think it was a little bit longer than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also been a bit finicky about palm oil. I can appreciate what you said. Overall, I liked the dish. Again, I was a bit worried because of the tamarind. Because mm-hmm. when I first started cooking, I was like, this dish is a bit tart. Mm-hmm. But the cassava, everything rounded out. And yeah. the other thing is many soups and stews, they kind of taste differently the day after when all the flavors have really melded together. And they have joined well. well. Yeah, yeah, joined well. well <laughs> sure. <laughs> when the flavors have jammed together. So the first time I ate it, I was like, oh, okay, it's all right. And then I tried it again the day after. I was like, oh, it's really all right. Yeah. I really liked the introduction of tamarind because it's not something I've actually done before. I've heard of tamarind being used to flavor chicken and stuff like that. But it cut through in a really nice, zesty way. Mm. So there's not, it wasn't, it didn't come out tart. It was rindy. What? (laughs) Rindy? Rindy, I just made up a word. Oh, keep going. Rindy. Just, you because know, this kind of thing, baby, you're just supposed to just like keep oh, going. No, just I legit like, didn't hear what you said. I think because <laughs> I said zesty, you thought you would put in rindy. <laughs> like that, was, that was kind of what I was saying. Okay, sorry. Okay. But it brings like not a peppery, but like a zesty mm-hmm. taste. Yeah, that was it, right? Like it wasn't yeah. peppery. It was that. There was a zest. Yes, like a zing. Baba ding. Zing, exactly. <laughs> zing, baba ding. Yeah, so yeah, it was zingy. I, I really liked it. And of course, it's seafood, so I'll like it. I may have overcooked the clams a little bit because they were a bit chewy. But apart from that. So that's like, what that was. Yeah, it was overcooked clams. Mm, okay. I still haven't made, like figured out the sweet spot for clams. Mm, okay. So this is it, folks. Mm-hmm. We are at the end of another episode. As always, thank you for spending time with us. We'll do this again in two weeks. Also, check out our website for more pictures on Ebe and more information about Gambian cuisine. And for those who may not be familiar, we also put up more information posts in between episodes on our Instagram page. So check it out. Thank you for listening. While the podcast airs every two weeks, we have a backlog of episodes just waiting for you to enjoy. The show is a collaboration between Tunuka Media and 234 Pantry. African My Kitchen is produced by Tunuka Media and co-hosted with 234 Pantry. So while on Instagram, visit both Tunuka Media and 234 Pantry. With Tunuka Media, you'll find out about more shows produced which aren't necessarily food-related, while on 234 Pantry, you will get more food-related content. For example, Tunuka Media also produces another show called Overlooked, which I host. All the links with the relevant information to connect with us are located in the show notes. Like, subscribe, and share within your community. We'd also really love for you to give the show a high rating wherever you enjoy your podcasts.